Welcome to All About Ours, QPR's one and only official club podcast. I'm Simon Cheshire and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Andy Sinton as we reflect on what has been a busy month for the Super Hoops both on and off the field. From Derby Day victories over Watford and Millwall to the run that now awaits Mitfield's side, me and Andy sit and discuss everything QPR, so sit back and enjoy. As I said, as always, I'm thrilled to be joined by Andy Sinton. Since, how are we? Very good, Simon. How are you? Yeah, it's not bad. It's been a been a long few weeks, hasn't it? It has. Uh, it's been well, certainly a lot happened, hasn't it? Uh, you know, on and off the pitch, which I'm sure we're going to discuss. But uh, now, all good. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and QPR.co.uk. So you can get your all about ours fix wherever you are around the world. First of all, um, QPR would like to commemorate the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II before we deep into the official podcast since you had something you wanted to say didn't you? Well obviously I'm like the majority of the nation who was um, really saddened by the news when it came through feared the worst on that Thursday uh, when the news was saying family were on the way up to Balmoral then the news came through later on um, you know probably uh, moved me more than I moved me more than I would have thought it, it would have done. Um, when the news did come through, um, incredible what we've seen over you know the ten or eleven days, the outpouring of uh, grief and sorrow from from many, um, and it probably just showed how how much she was admired. You know, seventy years as our monarch, uh, great things for the for the nation, for the Commonwealth. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, it's been a sad few days. I would say sad, but in a, in a strange sort of way. Towards the end, I uh, found it quite uplifting as well. You know, to see people coming together and some positiveness uh, coming from that, with you know stories about her life, etc., etc. But um, you know, um, I was a big admirer of the Queen. Um, but quite quickly, you see the way the monarchy works in the country. It was almost like Queen Elizabeth's gone, sadly. Now straight away, Charles has got to pick up the baton to the to the nations um, and get straight back into it. The bit that sort of saddens me is that's a family mourning their mum, grandmum, uh, grand great grandmother, uh, and they've got to play out their grief in front of millions and millions. But uh, uh, incredibly moving, incredibly sad. Um, but yeah, I join everyone at Queens Park Rangers by. Passing on my sympathies and condolences to the to the royal family. And we saw the, the scenes here ahead of the, the game with Stoke City, which was QPR's sort of chance to reflect and pay our tributes to Her Majesty, wasn't it? Yeah, wonderful. Um, you know, to to see stadiums unite. You know, it doesn't matter who you're supporting, coming together, uh, singing the can I say the new national anthem. Um, no, but in respect of uh, Her Majesty, 70 years as our monarch, I thought the tribute uh, at Millwall was fantastic as well. Um, so yeah, it was a, having lost the weekend games, it was it was nice to get back to playing and the football community, the football family to come together as one and pay their respects. And as I say, up and down the country, I think that was, uh, that was brilliant and uh, yeah, sad times. Reflecting back on... QPR. The last time we spoke was ahead of the local clash with Watford, and it there's been quite a lot that's happened since then. But starting at Vicarage Road, it was quite a memorable afternoon, wasn't it? 
it was a it was a terrific afternoon terrific terrific atmosphere you know what did we have uh, uh, behind the goal a few thousand you know and for them to get that performance and that result was um, was really really good i thought on the day we showed what a good side we are and what a good side we can be uh, with the way we played um we had a little bit of luck but every team needs a little bit of luck and i say a little bit of luck you know Ilias has deflected goal um they hit the bar uh, they have a one chalked off which at the time i'm thinking what's that chalked off for you know it was a hell of a strike but uh no, but I thought on the day we, we we played really well. We scored some terrific goals. You know, the second goal, Chris Willock's goal, was a a brilliant counter attack move, which shows you what Mick sets his teams up to do. Fullbacks, I think, have been prominent in the last few games, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But you know, but on that goal, uh, Ethan Lowe plays a, a a key partner. Chris first time finish, and the third goal where Albert scores. Now Kenneth Parl is the one that's on the overlap, and he puts the cross in. So both fullbacks been instrumental in that game but yeah a terrific win and great to see uh, you know Albert get the winner and celebrate in front of the Rangers fans great day we heard your emotion when Albert scored it was, <laughs> it was quite a moment wasn't it it was quite a moment but uh, you know big game against the side I know they're what they 10th or 11th in the league I don't even know what they are but I think they'll be there or thereabouts you know the powerful side they've got premiership experience uh, but on the day I thought we I thought we were better than them dare I say it, and uh, got the win, and for Albert to score, he scored at the same end a couple of seasons ago, but unfortunately there was no one there, so it was almost like, um, here's your moment again, Albert, and go and celebrate this time, you know, and let's hope it's the winner, which it proved to be, so uh, now great scenes, delighted for the support, which has been absolutely magnificent since fans back in the stadium a uh, couple of years, um, but yeah, that was a, that was a good afternoon. And we then followed it up back at Loftus Road with a quite a good performance against Hull City as well, wasn't it? Well, I thought you know the whole game on the on on, on the midweek game was uh, having gone to Watford and won. Um, I thought it was really crucial and key to come here and put on a performance in front of our fans and uh, and, and get a win. <laughs> and we we certainly did that. I thought the first half against Hull we were absolutely electric. You know some of the. Some of our play, our energy, our intensity. Ilya scores a wonderful goal to get us up and running. You know, where he picks it up just outside the box and I'm right behind it. I'll see exactly what he's trying to do. Uh, executes it to perfection. Wonderful strike. And a few minutes later, Ethan, uh, Ethan Laird gets his first goal for the club where the opposite fullback puts in a cross. And again, we talk about the way Mick wants us to play to attack-minded fullbacks. One crossing, one on the end of it. And delight for Ethan to get his first goal for the club. If we just jump in there, that's what we were talking about, isn't it? That how Ethan Laird and Ken Powell, probably since Ethan's arrival, have really gone into their own, haven't they? And really what McBill wants from them, you're yeah, starting to see now. I think they've been excellent. I think they've been excellent um, giving us an out outlet to go forward. But actually, I think they've been excellent defensively as well. Kenneth at Millwall, you know, he's made a couple of back post headers, really crucial. Uh, so his defending's been really, really good. So those two um, are really starting to show their qualities within the team formation. So, um, so yeah, great to see them combine on that goal. Then Chris, as I say, gets gets another nice goal. Um, second half, I thought, was just about managing the game. And I think that showed a little bit of our maturity, how we managed the game, uh, because we were never in any danger. Um, I played in games where you're 3-0 up and the opposition scored just after half-time and all of a sudden you're 
okay, because the game should be won. Um, but we managed the game really, really well. Could have added to our tally, didn't. Probably the only disappointment on the night was not to keep a clean sheet when we conceded very, very late on. But no, a really good performance and a really valuable and good three points to follow up the Watford victory. Is it somewhat dangerous in the sense that in them two games particularly, Ilias Chair and Chris Willock have shown we've scored three goals, whereas necessarily if they're not on their A game or for whatever reason, we look a little bit unclinical. Is that the right phrase? We're not Um, as uh, clinical in front of goal when they're not on their A game. I hear what you're saying. Uh, I I get that. What I would would counter that, most, most good sides look at their top players if that's the right phrase um, and I put Chris and Ilias within our setup. you know they, they do make things happen for the team and we need them to be one fit and firing and, and playing well uh, and they will have off days you know they're, they're still relatively young in their career although they're racking up the games now but them too I think uh, when they're on song we are uh, a totally different side backed up by how we're, how we're operating in midfield and um starting to be tighter at the back and behind that you've got a very good goalkeeper so um, yeah signs are signs are good it's early days but yeah those two performances in particular were, were very very pleasing and I was not in the country at the time but we made the trip to, to away South. again were you yeah, yeah. Another, <laughs> another jolly yeah <laughs> Soaking up the sun in France at the time, <laughs> but everyone made the trip to South Wales, and it was quite a disappointing afternoon in the end, wasn't it? In yeah, it was. Um, you know, we've just sung the praises of the previous couple of games. I think we went to Swansea, and for some reason, and it happens, you know, you, you go with full intentions, you, you're on the back of two good wins, and you want to keep that going. We just never really got going, and in fact, um, Swansea in the first half an hour had a few opportunities, most of them came from ourselves either giving the ball away or making wrong decisions and you know, give a penalty away which Senny makes a good save from and you think okay let's settle down but unfortunately we made a mistake and got punished a few minutes later so you're one nil down um, as I said we never thought I, I don't know but it happens we, we never really got going as a creative team or a creative force as a team what we had seen in the previous games we, we didn't show that never really worked their back three or four or five whatever you want to say and their goalkeeper hence you come away from South Wales with nothing put it behind you move on get back to the next game that's all you can do disappointing but focus on the next game just lastly to reflect on Swansea is it sort of how football can be it's on a knife edge isn't it if a decision early on when Chris Willett goes down if it goes our way if the penalty decision I know it's all ifs and buts and that's the way football is, but if they go our way, is it a different afternoon? 100%. And that is, you know, you'll hear managers or people in the game that talk about the fine margins. Football is mainly made up of the fine margins of the game. Games will be very, very tight. I think, I've got a theory, I think you'll be absolutely outstanding two, three times during a season. You'll be absolutely appalling a couple of times of the season, hopefully. It's those other 40 games that are something you might not be quite at your best. Um, some games are really nip and tuck and nothing really happens. Can you do enough in those games to tip it in your favour? That's where you need someone to give you a spark. That's where you need a goalkeeper to pull off a great save. That's where you need uh, a block in the opposition box, you know, to stop a going goal bang. So, so, yeah, but you're quite right. That's, you know, from the Tuesday or night against Hull when we, as I said, the first half was absolutely breathtaking, blew Hull away. 
they couldn't cope and at the time I think they were third in the league uh, four days later you go to Swansea same players same way of wanting to do things doesn't quite happen so you've just got to look at it analyse it accept it put it behind you whether you've won or lost you're as good as your last game but then you're as good as your next of course following that we had the break out of respect to Her Majesty but then that was quickly followed by a trip across the capital and what an evening it was at the New Den wasn't it yeah terrific evening you know I said we games were cancelled at the weekend for for the reasons um you know, but it was nice to get back playing. I've already said earlier on, you know, the the the, the, the silence was deafening, if that makes sense. Uh, the singing of the national anthem was, I think I turned to, to Paul, who was sitting alongside me, Paul Morrissey, and sort of went, wow. You know, that was, that was something sort of special. Um, and again, you know, I think I agreed with us on what Mick said after the game. It was about, you know, there's a lot of emotion going around the, uh, the stadium for obvious reasons. I think as an away side, you just have to get through that opening 10, 15 minutes and uh, gather yourself because we get touched by what we've just heard in the crowd. Players are exactly the same, but very quickly they've got to switch in the game mode. So settle yourselves down for the first 10, 15 minutes, then look to impose yourself. And I thought we did that. I thought on the night we protected Senny really, really well. Um, you know, defensively solid uh, Defended our box, you know, one headers, fullbacks. I've already mentioned Kenneth at the back stick. You know, I thought the fullbacks were excellent that night. Um, and I think where we looked at Watford with, we won games with what we did with the ball and Hull. I think we equally won the game at Millwall with what we did without it. You know, the work rate, the closing down, the energy, the winning of second balls, the defending your box to, to, to keep Senny not having to do great was. Uh, was there for everyone to see and we got our rewards. Chris gets another fine goal. Stefan gets his first of the season from a a quickly taken set play. I would have thought that's been worked on on the training ground because they spend a bit of time or a lot of time on that. So it was great to see and you know you expect 20 odd minutes to go Millwall to throw everything at you. They tried but as I say I thought on the night we were, were very good and to come away there with three points and a clean sheet job well done by the boys so uh, yeah well done it was a bit of an unusual atmosphere at Millwall in the end wasn't it especially towards the later parts of the second half I've been at Millwall I've been in the away end been in the press box there I was in there fortunate to be in the away end <laughs> last week and normally it's a real doesn't matter we're still going to have a go but was it the way how we played that we sort of nullified their whole atmosphere the I whole everything that, that comes uh, with Millwall yeah I, I think so and that's where we got to take a great deal of credit we've already talked about the emotion that was in the stadium at the uh, at the start of the game uh, how we start the game we, we we got through that with no problems at all I think we grew into the game and started to impose and I think everyone in the stadium could see I know I'm biased but I think everyone could see including the Millwall fans on the night we were the better side um, and once we got our noses in front, um, then went 2-0 up. It was just a case of being professional, sticking to the game plan, and then individuals being prepared to do the job. And I thought to the man on that evening, we were spot on. So yeah, Millwall's not the easiest place to go to. Um, people might say, well, you know, 14th or 15th in the league, but it's you got to deal with certain things at Millwall, and that's credit to Millwall. That's not a criticism. That's credit to Millwall and Gary, the way he sets his team up across there. But I thought we were excellent on the night, backed by 
brilliant away support, you know, packed behind the goal. And for the majority of the, the, the second half, it was noisy. But the noise was coming from the Rangers fans, which was... Uh, it's always nice when you go away from home because that shows the game's going in your favour. And someone that made their, their debut at Millwall was Leon Balligan. And since his arrival ahead of the deadline day, it's back-to-back clean sheets. Is it sort of... don't want to heap everything onto Leon, but it's been no coincidence, is it? Well, I think it's a clever signing from Mick, someone he's worked with uh, before, vastly experienced, played at the top level, used to playing under pressure in front of big crowds week after week, knows what it takes to win games and to, uh, to, to be competitive at the right end of a table. Uh, so clever signing, uh, and he's coming. Um, I thought he was excellent. At Millwall looked really assured. You know, reads the game terrifically well. And if you look at what Liam can bring, not only on the pitch, he can bring habits. He can bring that experience into dressing rooms. The way he trains, and our younger players, and they include people like you know Jimmy and that. Jimmy's got quite a lot of games under his belt now, but still relatively young and learning. He can look at someone with experience, pick his brains. And that can only be good because, um, as I say, Leon's got vastly experienced, good professional, and as I say, a really good signing that we made. And another signing was Tim. Tim. Irabunum. Irabunum, and he's different end of the scale. He's a, a lot starting younger, his starting his career, but you can already see the quality that he has, can't you? Yeah, uh, again, someone that Mick's worked with, albeit for a short time, Mick's seen the. Uh, the quality he's got, the potential, because he's he's still young. What is he? Twenty years old. He's still at that very early stages of his career where he'll come in and he'll 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 do what he's good at. He might make mistakes, um, but you know, good good kid, um, athletic. Plays part in the team, whatever role you ask him to play in that middle of the park, and he's come to somewhere where he thinks his game is going to improve, and that's credit to to him for thinking like that as a player but also credit to the club where again another Premier League club can trust us as a club to take some of their players like uh, Ethan's come from Man United you know for them to trust QPR as a club to say okay well you can go there for a season or three months or however long they're coming for and we think you're in good hands you're going to develop you're going to get some game time I think that speaks volumes for the club so yeah we wish Tim well we wish Leon well along with the rest of the team but yeah, two, two clever signings of mine. Both different scales of their career, but two clever signings. And we had the Stoke game, which obviously finished stalemate here in W12. But on another day, it could have been a different result, couldn't it? Yeah, it was one of those frustrating games where, uh, you know, you've 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 gone to Millwall, you've you've, you've terrific performance, great win, great three points. You're looking to follow that up in front of. Uh, the majority of your own fans, again, with the tributes that were paid, a, a, a fantastic atmosphere, you know, the, 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 the silence and the anthem, you know, was sort of privileged to be amongst that, if you like. First half, if you like, how did I say it? There was nothing in the game. Nothing really happened, to be honest. I normally, best way I tend to look how action-packed the games are is because when I'm doing commentary with Nick, I look at my... I normally write chances down of Goldmouth entries, etc. I had hardly anything written down for both sides. So um, I think Mick said that. Um, well, he said he was bored with the game. I wouldn't say I was bored, but um, I say nothing really happened. But the second half, a, a tactical tweak with a substitution saw us really get on the front foot. And for the majority of the second half, 
think we camped in the Stoke half, uh, creating opportunities. No real clear-cut chances like, but we got into good areas. Final ball maybe was lacking or, or whatever, but at least we went away from, from that game thinking, OK, we've had a go today. We've had a go the second half. We haven't, you know, been defending our goal a great deal. Said he was pretty much redundant until the last few minutes when they possibly sensed they could nick something late on on the break. Possibly might have got away with one with a penalty. Um, but, you know, so that's why I never moan about referees' decisions because one week you'll get one. As I said about the Watford game, you know, marginally the... the the, the lad was offside from the cross, but at our level, without VAR, that's not really given many times. Um, so we might have got away with one. So you, you you take that, you put a point on the board, you get another clean sheet, uh, positives to take from the game. And if you look at the Millwall and the Stoke game as a pair, you take four points, two clean sheets. You take that, you go into the international break, sixth on the table. Yeah, all good. If we'd spoken in the summer, would you have taken sixth after ten games? I think so. Um, yeah, new new head coach comes in, uh, different ideas, diff- different methods, diff- different way of operating. Uh, some new players coming in, they might take time, they might gel straight away uh, individually and collectively or it might take a little bit of time. So if you had a said to me um, before the Blackburn game, first game of the season, you know what, in 10 games time, we'll put you sixth on the table, international break. That might give a couple of injured players time to come back. Um, yeah, I would have, I would have taken that. Uh, I think we might have possibly left a couple of points out there at times. But if you look at, we gained one up at Sunderland, really, didn't we? When the game's away from us, but we claw it back, and you know, Ilias and the Senny Dien goal, which will be talked about forever and a day. Um, so yeah, but I, I think we're maybe just a, a point or two short. But all being well, sixth in the table, really promising with a view to. Can we can we kick on? Can we improve? Can we get better? As the more that the squad works, I can see from my vantage point doing country home and away, what's trying to be done with with the team, how we're set out to play, and uh, yeah, really pleasing so far. With ten games gone, is that when a lot of people start to look at the table? Is that when you start to take I, shape I, I, a little I, bit? I, I tend to have a look about. Seven, eight games in, but certainly about tenth. I think that's a decent marker to where uh, how you've started, where you might be. And I've already said, you know, I think we can kick on a little bit. Um, other teams will say the same. Um, league's really, really tight. I don't think there's any one team that's going to run completely away with it this year. That's just my opinion. So it's just about consistency. Um, you know, one game to the next, one performance to the next. Can we cope when someone picks up a suspension? Can we cope and Someone picks up an injury, which we have done really well so far. Um, and can we just can we just keep going? Yeah, but I've already said, you're as good as your last game, you're as good as your next one. So we're looking forward to when the boys get back in and, and, and playing next week, albeit we've got tough games coming up. But yeah, I think the signs are the signs are good. I'm sure Mick, I don't know if he said it publicly, but privately I think he'll be quite happy with what he's what he's seen in the opening couple of months with his coaching staff, etc., etc. But we know, I know, you know, fans know, there's areas where we can improve and there's areas where we've done really well. But that's part of development and being part of a team and, you know, trying to get to where you want to get to and uh, signs are good. We've still got a few players to come back from injury as well, haven't we? We've got Luke Amos, yep. Jake Clark, Salter, Taylor Richards. We haven't really seen yep. much of Taylor yet. So there's 
quality already that's going to be added back to the squad. There's quality within the squad. I think uh, the signings we've made, I think, um, are good players during the window. I think they're all of the good age where they become assets to the club. Now, there's no one really coming. Leon's come for different reasons, you know, with that experience, but there's no one coming at the end of their career. They're all coming with the, with a view to, if they do really well, they'll help us to get to where we want to get to. And if they do really well, they can do well for themselves. You know what I'm saying with that. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, uh, I've been, I've been pretty enthused and pleased by what I've seen and, um, Long may that continue. One area, if I chuck my supporters hat on for a moment, one area that probably we could be critical of is the striker position. Obviously, we've been quite reliant on Chris Willock and Ilias Chair, but the international break has handed Sinclair Armstrong and Lyndon Dykes both a chance to sort of kickstart. Obviously, we saw Sinclair scoring for the under-21s, scoring a hat-trick against Cardiff, and now we've just seen Lyndon scoring twice for Scotland against Ukraine. So he's the international break a chance for them sort of players to really get their confidence back is that the right phrase yeah uh, without uh, without a doubt yeah, confidence is so so easy to lose and the hardest thing to, to gain and that can go from one game one incident can give you you know can they can really really help you first of all if I jump back to the striker situation and I hear some people say you know why didn't we sign a striker club tried you know, it's not just as easy as going and saying, we want him. Normally in the transfer window, people say to me, why do clubs leave it right to the last minute? Normally one deal somewhere triggers about four or five elsewhere and you need all those bits of the jigsaw to fit. Um, and I know we were trying. It, it, it didn't happen. But we've got strikers in the building and we've got strikers within the squad. Um, you know, you, you look at... You wouldn't say Elias and Chris are strikers, but their assists and their goals, their numbers are good. Uh, Linden's been up there, uh, hasn't got the goals. What I would say in Linden's defence, never hides, puts in a real shift for the team, you know, to allow the likes of Chris and Elias and Tyler Roberts to, to pick up little pockets of space, you know, just by occupying centre-halves. Unfortunately, when you're a centre-forward, if you've got a number nine on your back or your play is a number nine, you might have number 30-odd on your back, but if you're playing as a nine, I'm a bit old school, I'll say a nine, um, sometimes rightly or wrongly, you're judged by your goals, not what else you're contributing towards the team. So, uh, so Lyndon, delighted for him, going away with his, with his country to get a couple of goals. You know, that'll do him the world of good and hopefully QPR will see the benefits of that because when he comes back, Confidence might be restored. Uh, it could be on a high. Uh, and we might see the benefits of that. You know, Sinclair Armstrong, we've seen his potential. We've seen what he can offer. Um, just been taken out the firing line, if that's the right way to say. And he's, he's gone back, not being disrespectful, he's gone back down a peg, uh, but got some goals. You know, so that'll be, that'll be good for him. Is this us seeing the benefits of McBill and his how he deals with youngsters, how he's has the confidence in himself to take Sinclair out of the fire line and this is the right part for you. Yeah, I think it could be quite clever and Mick, you know, it's no, not giving any secrets away. That's why Mick was appointed, his, his ability to, to, to work with all players, but younger players, develop them, improve them, get them better for the benefit of the club. You know, and Mick's seen something with Sinclair. Like Sinclair didn't get a look in last year. He's been involved the first six, seven games. But Mick sort of going, okay, step back out of it now. Go and get some minutes. Go and get some goals. Uh, 
keep training like you have done. Keep trying to polish up areas of your game that need polishing up and improving. Keep uh, working on what you're good at. And Mick will decide when it's the right time to bring him back into the fold. And I've got absolutely no problem with that because um, with a young player, as long as he's been spoken to and the reasons he's been taken out of the firing line or the reasons he's been put back down um, or spoken to him, and I know they have, um, there's no problem with that. There's nothing worse when a young, or any player, any player, doesn't have to be young, but there's nothing worse when any player, but certainly a young player, is had a taste, had a chance, then taken out, but nothing's really said because then you're left wondering oh, what have I done all of that starts swilling around and Sinclair would have been told and probably I would have think it would have been dressed up as not dressed up that's the wrong phrase but he probably have taken a step back for his benefit and development so when he comes back he'll be a little bit whether it's 2% 10% further ahead ready to go and show everyone what he can do again and we're at the international break as we're talking now. How we have a lot of players that are away with the international union, and there's a lot of emphasis on the club side. All right, we can have a break, relax. But when the players go away, there's a lot of work they have to do with their national sides. How, as a player that's been in that ex- position, how is it for you to go away? Is it a chance for you to get confidence? Really, like kickstart? You could be having a rough time with QPR, for example, and go away with with England in your case and come back refreshed a little bit more? Well first and foremost when you're when you selected to go away from your country it's 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 a huge honour and it's a huge privilege and it's a sign of you're invariably doing well with the club that you're at or you've done previously well for your national team um, so yeah it should it, it should fill any player no matter which country they're playing for no matter where they've got to travel um, that should give them the confidence you represent your country if you're playing now you're at the highest level you can play there's, unless there's a rest of the world competition or a team you can't play any higher than representing your country so huge privilege and for someone who's been there uh, I used to I used to love it I used to look forward to it but I used to see that as um, verification that I was doing well for the club but also used to see it that you know I was going to play for my country in England but I'm representing my club and that used to give me I'm representing my fans my club my teammates because without my fans my club my teammates I don't go and pull the white jersey of England on you know so uh, that's fantastic and if you know going back to Lyndon if he's gone away and gets goals and comes back renewed with confidence for when he gets back in the team or if he plays as soon as he comes back you know he should be in a it should be in a really, really good place. Is it a case of keeping your momentum going as well if you are playing well for your clubs? For example, Ilias Chair has gone away with Morocco yep. now. A couple more games, whereas if he was still with us, he'd have a break and yep. could lose that momentum that he was just yep. starting to build. For me, I'm, I can only speak for myself. I just used to love playing. I used to hate a break. Uh, I probably couldn't cope in the bottom game if a manager said, you know what, well, I'm just going to rest you this week. Uh, I just wanted to, you know, you train all week, you want to play. I want this many matches, nothing better than playing. Because the more matches you play, the less training you do. Um, I just used to love playing games. So again, all the boys that go and represent their country, well done, because you've earned that. Um, hopefully they all come back fit uh, so we can you know, at least have them available for selection and to to go and perform and build on. I think it's been a a, a good start we've made. Um, can we build on that and uh, see where that takes us? We're back again next Saturday as we're speaking. We travel to Ashton Gate. That kicks us off 
a run of, as they all are, tough games, starting with Bristol, then Sheffield United, Reading, Luton, Cardiff, <laughs> Wigan. You can reel off every team in the Championship, can't you? They're tough games. That's not an easy game, Simon. It really, really isn't. I think sometimes that can be the mistake some people can make. They look at a name of a team, or they look at a position of a team in the league or they look at the last three games and say, well, now they've lost three in a row, you know. You have to earn every point you get. And people might get fed up with hearing me say it on commentary or on this sort of platform or programme notes or when I'm chatting to people. But you have to earn every point you get. No one hands it to you on a plate. The championship is unforgiving. If you're slightly not at your best, you've got to be very lucky to get points. You'll invariably get beat. Um, so all about your preparation, your focus, then performing on the day, regardless of who you're playing against. And you've just reeled some names out there. You know, we start back. We're enjoying where we are now. Enjoy the little break. International boys come back fit and healthy, hopefully. Then you go down to Bristol City, who have made a good start themselves. You know, you've got a former player in Narki. He's got a few goals. I'm sure if he's involved, I think he scored the winner here not so long ago. Um, he'll, be, he'll be wanting to show what he can do, but they're a good side. Then you go to the uh, the league leaders in midweek, Sheffield United. Unlucky to miss out in the playoffs last year. Well, for me, we're always going to be stronger this year. Uh, they're sitting on top of the pile, looking down at everyone. So that's a, a a tough game played in front of a you know very loud partisan crowd that they get up there. Um, then you got Reading come here, who started might have surprised a few people, but you know NC Paul's got them going really really well. That's a tough game and. You know, but there's, there's, there's no easy games. You've got to, whether it's Sheffield United, Wigan, Rotherham, Hull, Stoke, Watford away, you know, you've got to go and perform. If you don't perform, you'll invariably get beat. Um, and I think Mick alluded to consistency after the Swansea game, after the two terrific wins at Watford and Hull. I think Mick said, you know, we can say let we've let ourselves down today, but he said we didn't perform at the levels that we and there's a warning of what the championship can do and I fully agree with that. You've got to be at your at your max. I wouldn't say you've got to be playing your best because you're never gonna have already said two or three times a season you'll play out this world. Two or three times of the season you'll play appallingly. Um, it's those forty games in the middle, it's nip and tuck who can produce something on the day to separate the teams they're the important games but uh, now we've got a tough run but looking forward to it can't wait to see us back in action and uh, as I say build on where we are Can you sort of take confidence on last year's results that we had against like, you can name off out of them running games we had Bristol away where we had a last minute winner Reading at home we had a very good performance here Luton home and away we played very well so as a player, would you be taking confidence? Well, last year we got this, so heading into it you can. Or because it's a changing management, is it a different outlook now? <laughs> I, think, I think you can go either way. You can look at previous uh, results and performances. As an individual, I would look at who I like, think I did well against and think, oh, I'm coming up against him again. So that might... Um, or you might go the other way. Well, we, we don't do very well here or... Etc. Uh, Etc. Et I think you you take a little bit of what's happened in the past, but it's all about <clears throat> it's all about the here and now. How's your prep been up until the game? How's your uh, mood within the camp? How's the team operating as a as a collective? How are the units of the team operating individually? Who's on form? Then once Mick picks his team and his squad, 
once you cross the white line, go and do your bit and uh, see where that takes us. But yes, yeah, some some tough games uh, coming up. Looking forward to them. But you know what? All of those teams will know that Queen's Park Rangers have got good players and QPR have got a good side. Talking of crossing the white line here at Loftus Road, we had quite a memorable afternoon last weekend with the, the women's side taking place here. They played Norwich City here at Loftus Road. And it was quite a quite a memorable afternoon with quite a big attendance here as well. It was quite important to see, I suppose, the growth of women's football with QPR being at the forefront of that. Great to see, you know, great to see the, the, the women playing in our stadium, you know, in front of a... Uh, a relatively large crowd for for what they get. What was it, 915? Um, the second highest in Tier 4 of women's football. So. Well, well, there you go. So, um, great for the ladies. I know the game wins the, went against them with a with a defeat and could say the opposition were the, by far the better side. But, you know, <clears throat> great experience for them. Watched by many. Seen the growth and the momentum that girls' football and women's football has really taken off in the last few years. Saw what happened in the summer with the Lionesses. You know that can only be good for the game, and I, I just hope that the um, certainly with QPR, obviously what they had, had a promotion, won a cup, finished fourth, which was above expectations in the league that they have. All that's happened quite quickly actually in the last few seasons. Let's hope QPR ladies can continue to grow and improve and develop and, and go on, and start getting more fans watching. Of course, their home games are predominantly played at. Hamwell Town, which is the Power Day Stadium, which is also where the under-21s now play their games. So if you would like to join them, they're back in action on Sunday afternoon when we host Ipswich Town, 2 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. So feel free to join us and head down there. But since, uh, thank you for joining us once again. It's been a pleasure. As always, it's been, it's been, a, been a good month on the pitch. If you put it in a collective, obviously as a nation, we're reflecting on some change. Um, and some sadness, but as they say, you you have to go on. So a new, a new chapter starts on that. But uh, yeah, as a as a team, as a club, we're in a we're in a good position. Hopefully, we can kick on. I just like to say to all our fans, you know, your support has been absolutely brilliant. I'm I'm privileged in my role because I I'm able to 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 see fans and link with fans and talk to fans and. Uh, which I really, really enjoy, but the support that they're giving the team is uh, phenomenal. I know that's all relative to what they see, but thanks, guys, for all your support, and uh, come on, you ours. Perfect. Thank you. And if you want to get involved this year, and if you have any topics that you want me or Andy Sinton to discuss, then drop me an email at simon.cheshire at qpr.co.uk or use the hashtag allaboutours, and we'll try our best to get you involved this year. So, as always, thanks, Andy. Thanks, Simon. We'll see you soon.